0: episode of Learnt the podcast with your hosts, dr john paul and
1: kevin allred hey everybody welcome to another episode of learn i am dr john paul
0: hi i'm kevin allred <laughs> hey kevin what's going on <laughs> oh, nothing still nothing. still living still we here. here we're still here we right. haven't been we haven't had an episode for a while but here we are
1: Yeah. And we're really sorry about that. You know, I know a lot of people in a lot of the podcast worlds, like when they don't have time to record, they usually will just kind of throw it back to an old episode. And I'm like, I don't know why I I personally don't like that idea. So I'm just kind of like, they'll get an episode when we have time to sit down and record. And it's like lovingly just like let people know, like, we're very real in terms of like we're both two working adults and we have a life and life sometimes just gets in the way. So for the listeners who come back every time we do put out a podcast episode, thank you. And for the people who want us to um, do more or want us to do this weekly so that way you have something to listen to every day weekly, send us um, a, a, an invoice or send us a check <laughs> and we will we will. <laughs> We will happily, happily do the work for you. We're like Um, Beyonce.
0: We just drop episodes whenever. That's really
1: what it's going to come down to, and and they
0: come out of nowhere, and there's not a certain day they come out, so it keeps you on your toes. Look, it's it's good all around, really.
1: Think about it. You'll have something good to listen to whether you're on a train or you're on a bus or you're driving in a car or you're just sitting at home and you're like, I want to listen to Dr. John Paul and Kevin. Like <laughs> you always have something to listen to. But yeah. So uh, what's going on? How how have things been? What's going on in your world?
0: Um, Good. Uh, I don't even know anymore from one day to the next. I can't tell time apart. Um, The world's falling apart. They're trying to impeach yes. this motherfucker or doing something i don't know right before we signed on i saw some other wild shit just breaking news Mm -hmm. so like now he's hosting all the government things at his his uh florida resort which seems to be another breach of something but (laughs) so democrats won't really (laughs) like why can't they just round him up and put him in jail Anyone else would <laughs> be in jail already. I don't know. What do you why What do you call j- that? Remember when people would just arrest people? What is
1: it called? Citizens' arrest. Citizens' like, arrest. Like why has nobody done a <laughs> citizens' arrest on I this damn know. president?
0: Uh, yeah. Or at least Rudy Giuliani. Like get one of them. I'm just so sick of them. Their faces and mm-hmm. ugh, seeing yeah. them and hearing about it, and it's just like mm-hmm. it's all. It's been this way since the election, but. There've been some like ups and downs where I can ignore it better, and right now I'm just not. I guess I'm not as good as at ignoring it, so I just feel kind of constantly yeah, it's almost... anxious and not just anxious, but like angry. Mm. Um. Anyway, other than that, I'm gonna be in Toronto next week. Um, Yay! To see, so you all can come see me and Michael Arsenault and. Um, Tanisha Ford is going to be on the panel and Kim Katrine Milan is going to be hosting uh, or, you know, moderating us. And we're all going to talk about Beyonce and sell books and that should be fun. So come out. Are are they going to live stream it? I don't know, actually. Um, it's, it's like the major series for the Toronto Public Library. So they might be doing something like that. Um, okay. It's free. If you're in Toronto, you can look on my Uh, twitter feed or wherever or their Mm -hmm. website and you you have to like reserve the tickets but they're free so that is Um, amazing see you on monday toronto (laughs) the the 21st people could be listening to this any time of day or any (laughs) time whatever so the 21st of october i should say monday
1: okay because you know
0: people will ask the 21st (laughs) of november the 21st of september
1: we're like no girl (laughs) <laughs> the 21st or of if, october if
0: you're listening to this next week it's already happened sorry we missed yeah. i missed you <laughs> yeah
1: sorry sorry that train has sailed yes uh, or the train has, about...
0: has left the... uh, <laughs> it doesn't no. matter the train has flown the, the ship has docked i don't know what <laughs> we're all tired <laughs> we
1: are so tired um, but no, what about me? So I, I will say I have been busy in my own right. As many of you know, I am currently back to teaching. Um, I'm teaching almost full time at this point, And so teaching practically full time, um, having another I, I, I'm also working at another college locally here. And so my my world has been kind of spread in both the faculty realm and then also in the student affairs realm. And then I'm also writing, um, for a place now I've been writing for attendee. Their launch is getting ready to happen November 1st. So I'm really, really excited to have a few articles that will be going live at the beginning of the launch, um, it, it has been, that has been kind of what's been keeping me busy with all that. And then still in the meantime, trying to write and trying to, um you know, dream up the show that I'm I'm wanting to kind of try to pitch and things. And so it's just been when i say i've been busy and a lot of people on social media will say yeah girl i'm busy i'm trying to get to this bag i'm like i'm not even just trying to get to a bag i just want to make sure my bills are paid i just I'm literally you know fuck the bag give me some good sheets and give me a <laughs> a good meal that's literally what i'm trying to work towards and so that's really what i've been doing is just really just trying to keep these lights on um really really excited though tonight so it'll probably be later for you all this will you will hear this after it but tonight um mm. i'm gonna be celebrating both um coming out month but also celebrating a uh, spirit day with instagram tonight in in la and so that'll be really really exciting um they're gonna there's there's quite a few people um social media people or social media figures and voices that will be on the panel that we're having tonight um i know ashley marie preston will be on the panel uh Travel anderson and clarkisha kent will be on the panel. And so it's just really, really exciting to know that I'll be in a room full of like queer black people um, on a day when Oftentimes can be very, um, what's the word I'm looking? Volatile for a lot of people, right? Like thinking about what high school might have looked like for us, or even thinking about what the social climate looks like for us now as Black queer people. Um, it's really nice to sometimes just be in a space with them to be able to talk about our experiences and what we're doing to kind of stay well. Um, so really looking forward to that. But other than that, Mama is good, and um, you know, just really really excited and wanting to spend. Just sit, send a special shout out. I've been saying this. I tweeted this last night on. Line I had said, you know, thank you to everybody who continues to like jump into my DMs and my inbox and just kind of say, "Girl, keep going. You can do it. We got you. We love you." Um, but I want to shout out my friend Kevin. And I've probably never gotten this emotional on our podcast. Um, I just wanted to say publicly and 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 for you all to hear that this year has been very difficult for me, and I look forward to coming to this podcast every week because, or whenever we can, um, Mm -hmm. Kevin, you have been such a good friend to me and I just want to, I don't think we, we thank our friends enough. I think, you know, people hear the podcast and they think business and they think, oh, you know, (laughs) it's just two people trying to get work done. And we're both struggling, but I just want you to know from the bottom of my heart that I really am thankful for you and I'm thankful for all that you bring into the world and that you give to the world. And um, I just wanted to kind of take that moment out of our podcast today to thank you on on air. So not, not putting you on the spot or anything, no.
0: <laughs> but you know, it's all, you know, it's all mutual. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Just the yes. same. This is, <laughs> even though it is a little... Partly work. It is also a nice break for us mm-hmm. to be able to just kind of get together. Laugh and, yeah, and laugh kiki. a little. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: All right. So with that being said, um, we are going to jump into our first segment of uh, the show. We are going to talk. We're going to jump into the newsletter. <phone rings> so anything, any newsy type things, girl, that <laughs> you. That that are going on in the world for you that you wanted to bring up.
0: Oh no! I guess I just kind of jumped the gun and talk all that impeachment nonsense. Well, not nonsense. D- hopefully it's I don't know. Hopefully someone does something real this time.
1: I <sighs> hope it goes somewhere. But I really
0: do. That, like I can't take much more of this. It's just like so yeah. much. Um, yeah. But other than that, other than that, mm-hmm. maybe on a well, not really a lighter note. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. we just we just got. Are we on day two or it was just was it just yesterday that um Miss Miss Gina Rodriguez uh... <laughs> Ooh,
1: yes, Gina. So was it yes, just yesterday?
0: I've lost track I really have lost track of what day. <laughs> so
1: it wasn't yesterday, two it was days actually ago. I think Tuesday. Are we on Thursday? Yeah. So it was Tuesday <laughs> that Mama tweeted out that video. And I have to say, like, first off, like, I've gotten a lot of people... I've, I've, I've cracked a few jokes myself on social media, um, specifically, like, when she put out her little... Which, which every celebrity does, and it really is starting to piss me off, is that every time a celebrity gets in trouble, they always go into their Notes app, and they oh, always yeah. release some sort of iOS press release saying, oh, my God, I got in trouble. I'm so sorry. And it's like, what... It wasn't even the I'm sorry that that bothered me about the stupid press release after she said the N word, it was ultimately the if in the, the press release. Like, I'm so sorry if I offended anybody. And it's mm. like, sis, you did. Like, you offended everybody. <laughs>
0: Just <laughs> Everybody. <laughs>
1: Then she says communities of color. Like, I had to text Francesca Ramsey and be like, girl, what is communities of color? And she just sent me a picture of a whole bunch of, like, colorful houses in San Francisco. She's like, that's a community of color. So nobody even knows what
0: communities of color are. Like, what is this? I (sighs) just... I'm offended as a white person that people still don't realize you can't say that word. Like, Like, I don't... I don't know. It's just like I—I yeah. I know that Gina Rodriguez has had a, had a like, uh, what, bumpy track record. Like I don't even know how to put it. I never watched. I, I like I don't follow her. I don't. I don't know her. No, um, neither do I. But like, I sorry kn- to this man. I see. Sorry to this man. Oh, I bought. I her. bought one of those T-shirts, but it hasn't come yet. <laughs> I couldn't help myself, and I just, I. Like, you know, after two whiskeys one night, I was like, I'm just going to pull the trigger and buy this t-shirt. Yes, now I'm waiting yes. for it to arrive because I can't wait to wear it everywhere. I think um, I would do the same thing. <laughs> um, there's a hoodie, too, and a hat, but I went for the t-shirt. Um, I, I don't follow all of her, you know, ups and downs and missteps and whatever. But, like, girl, you know that you can't just post it's just like what are people thinking um right even if you did and likely you have been singing that word now for years and years as you sing along to your favorite song um uh, what why in today's world today's climate what about that makes you seem like yeah this is just a cute down-home video of me that i want to post to my right followers i don't know maybe it was a mistake did she have she had two apologies one was a video and one was a or maybe i don't know it was just like wow and the speed yeah. at which it all happened was kind of mind-blowing too usually these things yeah. like are dragged out a little longer but this one was just like she was back on the video about an hour or so later apologizing yeah. to all the communities of color um and i just oh it
1: but it's all, and I think that's the other thing about, and that's as something I had to break down to some students yesterday. We were talking, we in one of my groups what some of my students I work with and I had to explain to them that you know the, the the biggest thing in situations like this and this is it's very large and it's something that I think many people forget is that a lot of folks specifically non-black people they do this kind of stuff intentionally as a way to get a rise out of black people because mm. two things happen there's two specific things that happen when, when celebrities that are non-black do this kind of stuff one it's free publicity because one now their name is in everybody's mouth we have her name she's, she's trending on Twitter Twitter, right? right? So she's trending on Twitter, you know, TMZ's covering it, all these big platforms are covering it, right? And instead of companies being like, you know what? fuck her like we know what you're doing that that's some bull like you should We you know we're not going to cover this we're not going to talk about it we're not even going to give you the attention then ultimately what ends up happening is, is now you have a whole like legion of people that keep bringing her name up in attention to this conversation of why they can't say it and so it's just yeah. ammunition for people who live in practices of like or live in the mindset of like white supremacy and it's, it's like I said it's all intentional it's extremely intentional and I think that's the thing that pisses me off more about it it's not even her saying it it's me knowing her saying it and her intentionally posting it and what that means for her and how she benefits from it in the relation to like the world of us as black people specifically being hurt by it so it's just it's frustrating it's mind-boggling in a lot of ways
0: yeah I I was seeing some I, I hadn't really contextualized it in that same way in my thinking of it but you're so right because I've seen and I don't know if it was in reference to this Gina Rodriguez thing in general or just in terms of a million different news stories you know I've seen some I can't remember exactly who but it's like um, academics more on like the academic black feminist Twitter side talking about mm-hmm. how you can even if it's negative attention well first obviously with our president we know that negative attention is basically any attention is good attention is what right. <laughs> the, the kind of fucked up lesson of the last however many years is but um kind of like using black twitter or or the the expected response from black twitter um as a way to get in the media like you said her name's trending whether Mm -hmm. she did it intentionally or not a lot of places do i think um at at bitch magazine they had a a write-up about how like popeyes online what like not weaponized but you know like utilize this black twitter um mm-hmm. it, 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 using certain language and slang or whatever you can kind of mobilize that's what the word i meant to use mobilize black twitter in uh, it, about around this chicken sandwich that happened which is also yeah. like died down and was a very quick blip on the radar i guess because now nobody's talking yeah. about it anymore um but how you can use the outrage of black twitter as your own promotion um and and whether it's you know you're not going to get cancelled she's not going to get cancelled but she gets her name nope. in the in the media some people will lose like some people will maybe turn away from her but in in doing so you'll get just as many that come to it being like well free speech she can say what she wants to say why can't people say this word um da, da, right. da, da, da. and i've already seen that yeah. happening so it's it's interesting. And it's not just black Twitter. It's just Twitter in general. You know, you can get this outrage mob that actually is more promotion for you than than anything negative. Yep. And so when are we as individual people on Twitter going to stop the quote tweet the you know, all of that? We've talked about this before. Right. And mm-hmm. it you can think about it in terms of the government. You can think about it in terms of celebrities. You can think about it in terms of these random nobody people that just kind of go viral out of nowhere i mean that thing with the emo black thought account did you
1: oh my gosh so yes yeah, so that's actually that kind of on too. the list for yeah, the that newsletter thing too.
0: so we can go yeah. into that, but it's like we sure can it's it's the same the same thing knowing this reveal i don't know so if people aren't familiar there's this account that's been really popular like over hundred thousand followers right or two hundred. it was i I think
1: it was at 185k when people finally was like okay this person's a scam
0: um yeah this this account that was really popular especially with black twitter especially with black women um you know always telling you to drink your water do your skincare routine doing like Mm. self-care stuff doing uh and also kind of like I mean, I think I came to the account or, or learned about the account be- through, like, being a fan of Beyonce. So, like, right. uh, the account was big in terms of Beyonce. I think there was some other um, singers or who- stars that they were big on, but I-, I didn't pay much attention about that. Yeah. And so there's this whole reveal, like, who is it? You know, it's always been an anonymous account, and it's just revealed mm-hmm. that um, it's this guy, Isaiah... Um, that was behind the account the whole time. And then there's all these questions because at certain points people remember tweets where the account was very, um, deliberately trying to make you think that they were a black woman or I don't know. I didn't go down the whole rabbit hole, but then it also started seeming fishy. Like, is it a catfish situation? Is it a double catfish? Is it a triple? Right. Like who's being scammed? What do people know? There was pictures of this guy who, was revealed to be behind the account with Lil Nas X. So like, what's going mm. on? <laughs> um, but the whole kind of outrage around that had that person in the spotlight for days, maybe still, I don't know. Um, this yeah. was just like and last still, week. Yeah.
1: So yeah. So just g- giving you an update. So this morning he released like another, uh, uh I wouldn't call it a, uh, iOS press release, but he did release a actual, like... He
0: went to, <laughs> so, like, Microsoft so Word for this one. He did, <laughs> yes. He went to Microsoft
1: Word, and he typed up uh, MOA format, um, one-and-a-half-page paper. There was no double space. He did not double... He did not double space between each of the periods. It was just very, very textbook, like, I'm so sorry, and I'm, I'm really terrible. You know, I feel really terrible that this happened, and I'm so sorry that I tricked Black women, but I think the bigger thing that I think so many people are mad about Is this idea of like how and 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 I think there you know there's a woman online who um you know I I can't think of um there have been quite a few scholars online that have really said like black black Twitter as a whole has um been uh, it's a thing and people know what it is and people know Mm. how to use it and people know how to manipulate it to either one make a ton of money off of it or two they know how to use it to get their point across and. Mm. I think he did a little bit of both. I know I've been retweeted by emo black thought Mm -hmm. quite a few times. And every time I've done that, my tweets have gone viral. And so that's like, that's been really cool. But on the other end of it, like I'm doing it. I thought it was cool because you know, this, I guess that's what really pissed me off about it was when I would tweet stuff out and emo black thought would, would, retweeted I always thought was like oh my gosh this this woman this black woman with such a big platform is co-signing something I'm saying so I'm doing this shit right whatever Uh I'm thinking at the moment is right and to learn and not to take that away you know from them and saying that there's anything wrong with, you know, a black queer person cosigning me or co-signing them. I think for everyone it's the trickery. I think it's this idea that you sold something to to, to black women and 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 made a lot of money off of them to be very honest. Because they, I guess there were times and moments when they were like, oh support this and support that. I'm connected oh. to it. I'm connected to it. And yeah, there were a lot of moments where, you know, black women were like, oh we ought to uplift sis because sis needs our help. You know, sis needs the support. Sis needs this. And then to come to find out it's not a black woman at all it's a queer black person. And so I had tweeted something about, you know, we, we have to hold queer black people specifically, you know, gay or bi, because someone was like, Oh, they're bi. Don't call them gay. And I'm like, whatever. They're mm-hmm. still queer and they're still in the community and we still need to hold them accountable for their massage noir. And so I am in this this mindset of like I'm happy that people are, are, are dropping the hammer on them, not necessarily saying like, oh, I'm going to revel in their, their their downfall. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is I think that we, we now live in an age where people think just because of social media that they can do stuff and get away with it. And I'm very much happy that people are not letting this person off the hook for misleading so many people into believing something was true when it wasn't. So that's just kind of where I've, I've been sitting with the emo black thought thing. Um, but I know you had mentioned earlier, you were talking about wanting the president to go to jail. Um, (laughs) speaking of jail, Felicity Huffman is serving her time. So she started serving her time yesterday and
0: days. What did she get?
1: She got 14, 14 days. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, she's, I don't know where she is. I don't know what jail she's at. She's probably at the same jail that, um, that all of the celebrities go Um. to. Mm
0: -hmm. yeah like you know the spa jail jail, the the martha stewart white collar Mm spa jail
1: Uh uh-huh that's what i think that's where she might be they're talking about that she's eating breaded fish um and (laughs) all of this other stuff and i'm going like no one cares girl do your time leave us alone like i i'm i'm just i it's frustrating because i loved lynette scavo um Felicity Huffman is Lynette Scavo to me and I was Ugh. so in love with Lynette Scavo. I thought she was the only one on the show who had a lick of sense and to find out that Felicity Huffman is dumb in this manner it just really <laughs> pisses me off that I've had to let her go out of my Rolodex of white women I actually mm. like.
0: Yeah, it's so I mean <laughs> it, it's they fall like that it's quite easily, you know, you you have your like good white people like oh little journal i shouldn't talk because i mean i don't i haven't done anything like this but like you know you have and then they inevitably will say something stupid and Uh. (laughs) or do something well i'm i'm still curious about her husband william h macy like he didn't know about this at all like he got off he wasn't charged at all so he well
1: when do white men ever get charged for anything well right so, but I'm
0: like really curious if she was like really trying to pull this scam behind his back too <laughs> I don't know I'm just yeah. like I just want the dirty little juicy details like that
1: uh, well and I mean and it's probably one of those things just like you know I, I've been seeing so many people tweet about this you know stand by your man kind of situation and I'm wondering uh, if you know he maybe the was the one who came up with the, the idea and she took the fall for it. and that's what it kind of sounds like maybe. it sounds like she's like saying you know I'm the one who actually put the wheels into motion behind this i'm the one who and you know i started the conversation with the people so i'll take the fall for it. when he might have been the person who actually even started the conversation in the first place like we're fucking rich we can get away with this you know so i don't know Maybe, i just hope that but she, let's also like not i pretend said that
0: white women can't be devious on their own right right <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. we all know and also she's know.
0: like she's like the ride or die wife going to jail for 14 days for her man like and, she'll be and out she's like, I'm that. sure in her
1: mind, it's like, right. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. She's only going to do probably about four days and she'll be out by Friday. And the other thing that I probably like, I'm thinking about too, was like, in her mind, it's probably like a Martha Stewart situation of like, if I go to jail and I do these 14 days, when I get out, I'll be just like Martha. Everyone will uh, talk yeah. about me. Everybody will want an interview. Everybody will. So in her mind, that's... again, like the same system that oppresses everyone else is the system that a lot of these people use to build their celebrity.
0: Right, well, and again, back to what we were saying before, It's not, even if it's not like Twitter outrage, it will be that way when she gets out. People will want an mm-hmm. interview with her. All the media yep. will put her on for an interview. Mm-hmm. Like, how was it? What was your time like uh, in the clink or whatever the fuck they want to, you know? So mm-hmm. it's just our mindset now. Our our society's mentality will do something for her. She'll get some new role based off of it. So yeah, she will. Yep. For her fourteen yep. days, I'll go to jail for fourteen days if it gives me, you know, like <laughs> some kind a of bump, right? <laughs> Sis, if we well, need that go to I get a couple interviews a in I won't go to. You know, I'm not. Because mm. let's be honest, there's well, whatever. I'm not going to get into any prison abolition thing situation. But right. hello, I will go to the Martha Stewart Nice Jail for fourteen days. <laughs> If it helps me on the other side.
1: (laughs) If it helps me, meaning I don't have to do dishes for 14 days, I will definitely take it. If I get to eat Uh, some
0: breaded fish brought to me and then get interviews on the other side and a new job, then okay.
1: Right. And and it's, you know, it's all funny and it's funny, but it's not funny at the same time. And I think that's what I want listeners I don't want listeners to kind of turn their nose up and be like are they making fun of prison and I'm like no No. like we totally understand that there are people who are in prison for things that they probably did not do and have been in jail for a very long time and yes we do need to get rid of prisons and we do need to get rid of police however what we are saying is is that it's fucked up that for us we will continue to have to work twice as hard just to get the same notoriety whereas she did something that broke the law and now she's going to get out of jail and everybody is going to revere her as some type of hero because she was able to actually survive in prison for however many fucking days that she gets. So that's trash in itself, and and more newsletter trash. Um, I we'll, we have two more things. Um, wanting to note that Elton John said that the Lion King was not as great as his. What are your thoughts about that?
0: You know what? I both agree and disagree with Elton John here because yeah. did you saw the movie, right? I did. Okay, I Loved saw it. the movie. It was great. It was fun. It was whatever. I mm-hmm. agree with him that the music wasn't as much of the centerpiece as in the original. That's true. It, mm-hmm. it was. It was more about the live action aspect of it than focusing on the musical numbers and the right. That's true. But it's also kind of made for a different audience. I don't agree that the. I mean, I think it's true that the soundtrack to the movie is like not great, but then the album Beyonce made The Gift is incredibly great. Um So, right. the music for the movie, I I kind of agree with him, um but I also don't think he should just, like, Hit his comment was filled with kind of ego about, like, I made the great music from the, you know, and that is good music, and I do agree that the Broadway show centers music more than this new movie did, but that's just also the nature of Broadway, so... Um mm-hmm. one of the things that I really couldn't believe is that they didn't include Shadowlands in the movie which is from the yeah. Broadway. It was included in the um the instrumental music. They kept playing the kind of refrain of Shadowland, but mm-hmm. when you have Beyonce as Nala, I don't know why they didn't <laughs> put that song in. Uh so yeah, yeah. like it, I get what he's saying, but he's also being kind of full of himself at the same time, which Elton John is meant yeah. to do. But
1: Yeah. And I, that's what I think bothered me so much about the statement. It's kind of just like, you know, you could you could have simply said, you know, when I made the film, it was a time. The music was very, very important. And it, it's just, you know, the, the time was, again, timeless. Like, you know, the, the first Lion King is timeless in that right. sense. And I just want to leave it at that. Like, I just believe that the way when I did it and when we did it, we were really focused on the music. And I really wish that the film was um was that. However, when you start digging into this whole idea of like, it's not better and the music is not good and the singing is this. And it's just, it, there, there's swipes and digs at Beyonce that don't need to be made. And yeah. that's what I kind. That's what I took from it. I took from it was there is this white queer man who's doing what he he's gonna do right is taking swipes at this black woman because he's trying to say because and even in a lot of ways too like because the film was a little bit more blacker than the other one right like uh, we had more black folks at the center who were singing or were taking up roles. Or trying I felt like to that sing
0: in the case of Donald Glover. Uh
1: huh. Right. Right no well girl say what you got to say because it's true Um, we all know Donald Glover is not the best singer and people laud him as he is and I'm like let's stick to acting however um, I I just I felt like there were just a lot of uh, attempted swipes there that didn't need to to need to happen and um, that's why I've just never really seen it for Elton John as a whole I didn't even see that stupid movie like every single publicist every single PR firm every single person in the world was trying to get me to go see that movie and I was just like just like this new movie where will smith i don't want to see it i don't care i don't want to see it stop asking me to go i don't want to see it and no shade to will smith love him love his family thank you red table talks for all that you've done for me however i do not want to see that film i just don't um and uh, same thing with elton john i don't I, I don't see it for him i've never
0: have so i like elton john's music the, the, much of the earlier music like as he's gotten older the music hasn't stayed as great in my opinion um, he's a great piano player. And he did bring one of my favorite American Idol moments, which he has done a lot of anti-black things. And there's moments where he's either insinuated or explicitly said racist things. But in the one, in the third season of American Idol, he was the guest judge. I bet you know specifically when he, and where. Well, I know it because it was Fantasia, <laughs> Jennifer Hudson, and... There was a third black woman that was in the top I know ten, who you're talking about. and I can't remember mm-hmm. her name right now. But they were the yeah. bottom three. It was Elton John week. He was like the mentor, and they were the bottom three singers, right? And we all know Jennifer mm-hmm. Hudson has gone on to be very loud and <laughs> to sing very loud <laughs> and to win awards and Oscar and mm-hmm. whatever. Fantasia went on to win the season anyway and he called it out on national tv he goes the only reason these three are in the bottom is because they're black women because they were the best singers on stage and i was like okay yeah. elton john thank you for that um yeah and so i that's one of my favorite memory that's how i choose to remember elton john okay. as opposed to the other things he may have done
1: <laughs> yes i will give him a flower i won't yes, give him flowers a flower. I'll give him a flower for that, especially going up for Fantasia, who we will be talking about a little bit Ooh, later I in love the show. Her. Yes, um, yes, yes. So, um, so, um, last thing in the newsletter, um, got word this morning that Elijah Cummings uh, passed away this morning at 68. Um, for those of you who don't know who Elijah is, Elijah was a very prominent um, social uh, social justice slash. Um, civil rights activists very 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 vocal about the injustices that black people face both now and in the past um, during the time that folks were doing stuff in the you know the late 60s um, and so just very very I know it's a big loss for a lot of people specifically a lot of people who are activists um, and who looked up to him and his work so wanting to just send out love to his family wanting to send out love to those who were affected by his loss and for those of us who are um, who you know again now we have an ancestor and I always say this like, you know, whether you're black, white, or, you know, or Latinx, or you choose to, to, to not use the N-word. Um, <laughs> you know, we are all affected in, in, in what's happening right now. And so when civil rights folks go on to... Um, to meet their maker or whatever you believe, it's a big part of like, now we're being left kind of to have to deal with the mess and to, to make this world better. And so um, just kind of reminding ourselves of that, like they've left us the the they left us the platform, they've left us the blueprint, and hopefully we can be encouraged even in the moments of loss. So just wanting to kind of shout them out for that. Um. All right, so next we have the syllabus. Kevin, you came up with this topic, so I wanted to kind of throw it back to you. Um, did you want to go ahead and introduce what we're going to be talking about this week in the syllabus?
0: Um, well, I can't, I just was thinking about... Okay, so I, <laughs> I had a bunch of ideas this week. I went to see um, Stacey Ann Chin, who, is, if you don't know her, you need to get to know her. Um, she's mm. a poet. Her first... She was on, like, um, Def Jam Poetry on Broadway. She came up with like that I mean performance poetry is still big but there was like this boom kind of in the late 90s early 2000s Mm -hmm. and she's a Jamaican lesbian um, poet she came up with that crowd of performance poetry and she just released her very very first collection of printed poems um, after 21 years or so and so I went to she also has a memoir about her life growing up in Jamaica um, which is great too, but it's, I, I heard her poetry first, so I was really excited and I went to a, a reading she had. And she was talking about like who or, or why she writes. Or, you know, it was a conversation with her and another author, and they're talking about why do you write? What inspires you to write? And it got me thinking about why I teach or why mm-hmm. I, I thought I uh, taught. I don't know like, why I wanted to be a teacher. <laughs> Um, And so it just got me thinking about education generally and like why we (laughs) do it, (laughs) why we choose to uh, make careers in this field, whether it's teaching or or um, student affairs or higher ed just generally, because what she was saying Mm -hmm. about why she writes is she's like, I'm not one of those writers that like, you know, sits on a beach with a pina colada and looks at how beautiful the ocean is and wants to write a poem about it right she's like no i there has to be something i'm writing against like i yeah. whether it's racism sexism homophobia all three all of the above or she's like if you want me to write a poem about a beach get a woman to tell me she doesn't want to date me on that beach and then i will write a poem about you like there has to yeah. be something i'm fighting against and i thought how similar that is to how i think about teaching like it was it yes it was i start. i wanted to teach because i wanted to pass on all these sources that i love like readings poems novels whatever assign them to students but it also is and we're not supposed to say this because education is supposed to be so neutral and so whatever but it's never been neutral and like my idea was that i want to teach against the history that we have or that teach against the way we're t- we are taught so I had never thought of teaching as such a, um, more of a retaliation than a than a. <laughs> I don't yeah. I don't know that like I'm teaching against something, and it kind of just got me fired up think- again thinking about education and what we've been through what everyone else is going through in higher ed and yeah you know i shot that off to you in a text message and you know you come back with education is a scam which it, <laughs> which and it really we've is. said and before yes. and yeah and it is and yes. So Mm -hmm. that kind of brought us here. (laughs) So, yeah. So, what, yeah, kind of what got us into, and
1: I think I love the idea of you mentioning Stacey Ann Chen in in relation to like what are we right? What are we working against in relation to like being educators? And I know that that's been like the biggest thing for me. And that's what's made me believe that higher ed in a lot of ways is a scam. And I say that it's a scam lovingly because I know I have a lot of friends who, one, listen to this podcast, but two, who also work in higher ed and are like, whoa, you know, Dr. Higgins, what do you mean when you say higher ed is a scam? And I think think that, you know, this idea of like, when we talk about why we get into teaching, there are some teachers who say, well, I got into higher education or I got into teaching because I truly wanted to make a change. And then, you know, then you have the Kevins, you have the Johns, you have the, you have a lot of the people that I know. Um, you know but then there are the people who get into education to just kind of hold up the the systems of of patriarchy and hold up the systems of white supremacy and i think that's been a big reason why even with everything that has happened to me in the last two years i haven't said fully like fuck higher ed because there has been a moment where i've said you know i want nothing to do with higher education i want nothing to do with teaching i want nothing to do with any anything that is a practice related to the three degrees that i have um but then there are moments when I, you know, for instance, yeah, like yesterday, I was, you know, I, I, have, I've, I teach on Tuesday Thursdays. A lot of you know this, and then, you know, I also work at an institution on Wednesdays, and so I was in a, a group setting with some students yesterday, and one of the conversations that came up was this idea of like I've, I've, I've been at this school for almost two and a half years, and I've never had a black teacher, right? And and I've never had a an intentional moment with a black educator. I've never had a Black educator come into a space with me and and make an intentional space for us to talk about what's going on with us here in the school. And you've done that and you've only been here for a month. So I, I, I think that's been the biggest thing that keeps me and holds me in this field as a whole is knowing that I have that power to work with the right people to make these intentional spaces for these students because i know that a lot of educators one there are very few black educators in higher ed as a whole i um, when i say higher ed i'm saying this in a very large context like i'm not just talking about people who are on the admin side i'm talking about both academia and the the higher education higher ed side um but i but i'm, I'm really really talking about this idea of like we you know every time I show up on a college campus, I'm showing up for so many people and I'm showing up for so many people who often feel invisible and I think that that's even with the scam and even how terrible that education can be i I always hold that every time i I, I decide that I'm going to step onto a college campus mm-hmm. so you know yeah
0: yeah i was i'm I'm thinking I could just talk about being at a Stacey Chin reading for ever really because Mm. it kind of it fired me up in a lot of ways but she also talked about her um the way she presents herself just generally Mm. and you Mm. know her aesthetic like she likes her hair is painted all different colors she loves loud prints right you know she's like when i pick up a dress. At a store, and they were like, "Oh, that looks gorgeous on you." She says, "I put it straight down because I don't want to look gorgeous. I want to interrupt what you think of as gorgeous." And I was like, "God damn it! That's that's how I also like that's how I want to think of education or teaching as an interruption of something Mm. else." Um, and I found that it's harder and harder to do. Not that it's not so important, but. as time goes by and as there's, you know, I'm just going to say since Trump's election, especially there was, I felt this major shift in students thinking that an interruption in their own thought process was a personal attack on them. And so they lashed out in even bigger numbers. This is what led to me getting let go from my position in at two different universities and. Um, that they feel that that interruption is no longer okay that we can't do Mm. like i don't know so coming in as a guest speaker there's more there's more options and chances to interrupt something but as a teacher Mm -hmm. for a semester long it's it's becoming almost impossible and that's why i've you know i'm i'm still looking for jobs in uh, education and they're fewer and far between, especially for an adjunct. And when you are an adjunct, you're just not getting paid. So what's the hardly getting paid? So what's the incentive to spend all this time trying to interrupt this idea? It's mm-hmm. it's all built to keep the, the system in place the way it is. And post-2016, I think it really shifted in favor of the system. And there aren't that many even even like radical well, even the process of getting a PhD and going into education is meant to discipline you to the point where your radical ideas are beat out of you or at least beat into the, the theoretical realm and not the practical realm uh, mm-hmm. so, so people can't really engage in interruption in the same ways I don't know this is just me like rambling about what i think is happening with education now well, which no, has i mean what you're speaking but, you know
1: yeah and i mean i think what you're speaking to is 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 in big part like a big part of it is is and that's why i said education is a scam and i when i say education is a scam i think about this idea of like how and and so many facets how it's sold to us that you know specifically for marginalized people right mm. like i and i know you get it and that's why i often talk about it Higher ed for me, like when I came into higher ed, before I even decided that I wanted to make it a profession when I came into higher ed, it was sold to me. And that's what my dissertation is about. My entire dissertation is this whole idea of like, if you get to chapter four of my dissertation, you, you, you notice that I introduced this concept of what I like to call the Willy Wonka factor. And the Willy Wonka factor to me is what higher ed is to so many people. It's a lot of people look at higher ed as the golden ticket and they Mm. think, Oh, once I get the golden ticket, once I get into the chocolate factory, I'm going to be able to just run amok and I'll have all of this wealth of knowledge and everything everything will become better for me and when I'm all done you know I'll finally have access to try, you know to you know to Willy Wonka's chocolate factory and my life will be so much more and what we end up leaving with in a lot of terms, both on the academic side for those who who do teach, and a lot of times for our students, is we both leave with so much trauma. And what happened to those kids <laughs> in, in, in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? When they left the chocolate factory, they were all fucked up. Yes. And so that's literally that's literally like literally what my whole entire practice has been. Is like I'm I'm very aware of the moments where higher education as a whole even as an educator as an adjunct like there are moments where i'm in the classroom you know and i can see a student in the back their face lights up or you see you notice them or you say something to them that justifies years of them feeling invisible in a classroom, right? And it's a beautiful feeling. But then when you close, when, when they're like, okay, thank you, Dr. Higgins, and they leave the classroom, you're having to deal with all the other stuff that comes down the pipeline that's like, this is some fucked up shit. And the students will never see it because you don't want to tell them that. However, it's just this cycle of, of, in my opinion, it's just, it's it's a very cyclical sewer. And I used to call my old institution, I won't name it, but I used to call it that I used to call it the sore they used to be like oh it's this and I was like no it's a sore because in a lot of ways a lot of the terribleness and a lot of the, the 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 awfulness that people bring into the institution runs off into the you know the depths of the institution and then the students are the ones who catch it because they're at the bottom and so it's just it's 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 very you know as much as I know that I'm supporting the system by being a part of it, I am extremely hopeful that one day it'll change. However, I'm also with you on the stance of like, how much longer can we truly be a part of this system when the people that control it and operate it and and make it go know exactly what they're doing and how they're doing it to maintain the control and to maintain it at the level that it's being maintained? If that makes sense?
0: Yeah, and it's become a yeah, uh, it's become a corporation or a business. Model not education is a business yeah. yes and it and it shouldn't be but you know these systems are all I don't know what it's I don't know what the end point is but it seems that we're at this moment where it cannot hold like the, mm. all of these things can't hold nobody's making enough money nobody's people are going for more degrees which mean more debt but still no jobs at the other end so girl you know what are we? what's the what's the point where it all collapses where do, when does it all collapse mm. because i don't mm. i don't think it can completely it, i don't think it can be there are people like you like me like other teachers with tenure without adjunct or or uh you know tenure track or more permanent positions that are trying to do something but the system has built in the fact that those attempts will fail this sounds like foucaultian but I don't like and I hate calling anything Foucauldian because it feels too even like too academically uh, disingenuous, but it is like the system builds in resistance. There's there's that's Mm. why nothing's happening with politics right now either, because the system has built in attempts to resist as part of the system. And so if you yeah. don't do something new or something outside of the, and I hate, I don't hate, I love bringing up Beyonce as an example, <laughs> but you know, her, her surprise album release was one, I think example of beating the system at its own game. She released an album outside of the system. It can never be done again because immediately the system uh, covers up those or, or builds in what would happen. And that's why no surprise album release has been as successful as Beyonce, probably because the marketing teams aren't as smart as Beyonce's, but also because the system saw it done once and now knows how to resist it or, Mm -hmm. or incorporate it in the future. And so you always have to be coming up with a new way to resist and I feel like we're still stuck on 20-year-old versions of resistance and so nothing is happening because we can't break out from that. And I think the same thing has to happen at universities. I don't know exactly what it looks like, but we're running out of options and the you know the people that are like, "Well, I'm going to get my PhD to change the system." 10 years later, by the time you actually have your PhD, because that's not how it works, you have to play by the rules to get the PhD. Then, right, then you apply for a tenure track job. If by some lucky chance you get one that are so few and far between, you have to keep playing by the rules because you're on the tenure track. And if you do X, Y, or Z, they'll threaten you by pulling the tenure because you have to have a file that you know you have to do all these things they say. And so, it's another five years before you have tenure, and by that time, you're 12 years or so into this academic career and you're burned the fuck out and you're tired and you're like what the fuck ever i'm just gonna do what i'm supposed to do and it's been beat out of you i think Mm -hmm. i'm not saying this Mm -hmm. always happens but even the radical academics that i've come across not, not just in, write, in reading, but, you know, I'm talking personally here. Radical academics, there's, like, I can count on one hand the people that are actually fighting, and then there's 95 others that are saying that they're, like, resisting the status quo, doing this, blah, blah, blah. But all you're doing is writing this theoretical treatise that nobody can understand and right. doesn't really contribute to moving us forward. And I know thought helps contribute to progress, too, but... I don't know. I just get annoyed at well, these if things. And we
1: also have... Yes, and you also have to name, too. And this is something that I've had to come to terms with, like, in my own head. Like, the people who are actively succeeding in higher education and are still, quote-unquote, resisting and pushing back they're doing it in a way where it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't, like, one, they're white. Most of the time, they're white. um And a lot of these 10-year jobs are for white people. um And, I mean, you get your sprinkles of Latinx, you get your sprinkle of Asian Americans because they have the programs and they need the people to have the, the, the programs go, okay, I get that and understand that. However, like, the praxis for a lot of people, and I think that's what I often come back to, is the praxis is very, very, very much built around making sure that white people in the institution feel okay mm. um, and making sure that they feel welcomed and heard, right? And so even when we start thinking about like in higher ed, these these conversations that are happening around, oh, our white ring students have the same ability to, to, to be heard at the same level of the left students. I'm going, the left students are fighting because of what the right students are doing. Yeah. Like they are ultimately yelling and screaming because of that. So why do we need to listen to their side when they ultimately have already taken a platform? And I think that's what Happening a lot in higher education, right? Where we're, we're ultimately celebrating the people that have always been celebrated, right? And then anytime someone who is marginalized or looks different or has a different frame of mind comes into the, the, the institution, we're going, oh, you know, we have to respect the idea of what's what's lived here before. And people are going, but that's been the problem. What's lived here before is what's causing so much harm here. I think the number one thing that, you know, I want, I, I think, you know, not necessarily to say to close this conversation, but ultimately the one thing that is really set with me about it as a whole, you know, as a whole, when we talk about higher ed as a whole, or we talk about academia as a whole, is ultimately this idea of like, it's, it's, we should be here to think critically. We should all be here because we all have a thought and it's not necessarily about attacking people, but it's about attacking a problem. And so if I'm naming a problem in higher education and I say something about said problem, then that means that we should, as a collective whole, should have the critical thinking skills to talk about how do we effectively resolve said problem. And that's not happening. And so what we're having is we have a lot of people who are saying, oh, that's a problem for you. That's not a problem for us. And a lot of people are getting harmed in the process. When I say a lot of people, I'm saying students, I'm saying faculty, I'm saying staff, I'm saying all of the people who are like, collectively working at the institutional level are being harmed because everybody has this idea of like everyone's right. And it's like, no, just because you're at high, just because you're at a higher ed institution doesn't necessarily mean that you're right. Um, I don't know if I'm in, in the right field or if I'm in the right lane and saying all of this, but I'm just, I don't know. I just, it frustrates me to know In I feel like higher ed has been, higher ed is, is such, like I said, it's such a beautiful thing. But it has been the experiences that I've had, the experiences that I know you've had that we've shared on and off the mic, the experiences that I share with people that I text back and forth with, the schools that I've traveled to, the places that I've been um, both for a day and places I've been for for weeks have shown me that higher education is a mirror of what's happening in our K through 12 system. It's an exact replica of what's happening in K through 12, and ultimately, no one's wanting to do anything about it because everyone who has the power to do something about it, like you said, knows exactly what they're doing and knows how to keep the resistance locked right where it needs to be, so that the people who are suffering continue to suffer and the people who continue. Continue to win or 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 garner a lot by it continue to keep doing just that so yeah I don't
0: know and and that's you know now that you're saying it like that it's making me think this is exactly the way it was supposed to work this is exactly uh-huh. the way like people say oh the system's broken no the system is working exactly as it was meant to it's- because it's keeping the people out from it's keeping the people from resisting in any kind of substantive substantial way. And education, mm-hmm. think back about the history of how we've used education in this country, right There's men and women were separated. there was there was power based on gender that was supposed to be upheld through education. Black people couldn't go mm-hmm. to schools. integration, um, segregated schools, all of this. We we ship Native Americans to re-education um, centers, even in even with the Japanese internment we had re-education centers for Japanese Americans to learn how to be more American, right? So education mm-hmm. That's why I think it's so important to remember that education should be about interruption, not about some kind of patriotism or blind patriotism or 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 upholding the status quo. And and they've given us enough like little examples of how education, has done that, has interrupted at certain points, but not ever that much because it was never supposed to interrupt that much. It's just supposed to give us the idea that it's this liberal, progressive mm-hmm. bastion, which it never has been. You know, why Why were black people kept from being educated? Why yeah. did we have to re-educate Native Americans? Why did we have to... Well, we didn't have to, but, you know, why did all of this happen? It's to use education as a tool, as a power, a, a way to control people. Um, and so, I mean, I think there are ways to save it, but it's like people have to first realize all of this. And it has to be stopped. University have to stop taking money from these rich ass white people who have always meant to make it a conservative institution and keep Mm -hmm. it a conservative institution and now it's actually happening now it's you know Mm -hmm. professors are being fired for their their political views even when they don't become part of um the curriculum the curriculum there's all this surveillance Mm -hmm. online and uh, everywhere and students are like informing on their instructors it's just like
1: yeah it's it's kind and of it's, like the communist the thing. thing
0: where people were outing it communists. Is. now we're having mm. that again
1: yeah and that's the thing that's the reason why on my social media i get asked all the time well where do you teach and i'm like i'm not telling you where i teach The fuck you mean? I'm not telling you anything about what I'm doing outside of, outside of what I do that I put out that's public. I'm not telling you anything that I do because what I don't want is you to go back to the institution and be like, Oh, you hired him. Well, he hates white people. I hope you know that. And I'm going, no, I never said anywhere that I've hated white people. What I hate is whiteness (laughs) and and the systems that you're using in this moment to try to get me to be homeless. Like that's what I hate. But, here we are, right? Like that's that's ultimately it. So I, I I like overall. Um, I say lovingly, you know, I I know that there are a couple of students that have reached out to me and said, "Oh, we listen to your podcast. We love Kevin. We love John. <laughs> we love we, we love the dynamic that you two bring and 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 talking about real issues." And I will personally say this: I don't know if you can co-sign it or not. I know personally what I will say is. You know, if there's any advice that I'd give anybody who's looking into going into this field, I know there are a lot of educators who are saying I I, I want there are two. there are two facets of people who reach out to me after they hear our podcast or after they learn our stories. One, you have the people that's like, I want to leave student affairs or I want to leave academia, but I don't know how. Um, or you get the facets of people who are like, I'm wanting to come into academia and I want to teach and I don't know how um, the advice that I'd give to both is to just be wary um, to be very, very, very mindful of the institutions you're getting involved with, um, being mindful of the moments when you feel like you are being taken uh, taken advantage of because it's going to happen, um, and being mindful too of like higher ed is not the end-all be-all. I, I really hate For me personally, especially every time I look at the debt that I have because of it, I hate that higher ed was the only thing that was sold to me Mm. when someone could have simply said, you can go off and do this and you don't need a degree, or you can go off and do hair and you can still make more money and still be in entertainment and do what you want to do. Like that, that never came up for me. Like that never was, that was never even an option in my home. It was go to college or, or, or else. Mm. And I, I i really wish people were just more mindful and more weary or more even leery i would say leery is a, is a better word mm. of what they're being sold in relation to both the experiences or the quote-unquote opportunities they're being sold through academia that's just kind of my take. so yeah yeah i agree that's i guess yeah <laughs> hate to be so negative but you know it for me it's just i'm i i guess part of it is also i guess i have to name this too like i have to be, i'm a little jaded because of everything i've been through in the last even just this year alone with being an adjunct professor i mean i've i've spent most of this year being a, a professor and i've seen a lot of shit in a very short time um and it's just kind of like why are we still here why are we yeah. why are we still doing this
0: why are we have it but, but that's the same question we can ask about so many things like why are we still having the same debate why are we still having the same argument why are we still mm-hmm. having the same debate over you can't say the n word why haven't people why Girl. hasn't Gina Rodriguez learned by now that she can't say you know it's like it's meant to stall because we have to keep mm-hmm. having the same thing that's another like tactic of power we have to keep having the same conversation with everyone um -hmm. and we never get anywhere so nope nope
1: all right well that wraps it up for this week's syllabus section so we are now gonna go ahead and move into the music room Talking about music, I know every <laughs> yes. week we 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 always kind of pivot into talking about music. And I was like, why don't we just make this a segment since we're always talking about music? So one of our new segments, Music Room, we're going to be talking a little bit about, I guess, the stuff that we like to listen to or the things we've been listening to, new drops, new things, but just overall music. So you got anything in your um, rolodex of music?
0: Mostly, I've been listening. Okay, so just as a weird tangent, I've just gotten really into old Joan trading, um <laughs> or re-gotten into it, right? I guess I'm reliving my, like, folk, um, lesbian folk music roots or something. Um, so I've been listening to a lot of that. Like, if you don't know Joan Armitrading, she's... Uh, really good um but Mm. as in terms of newer stuff let's see i've you know tegan and sarah put out a new album that i really like oh um they're still around they are still around she they also wrote a uh, memoir together like alternating chapters of growing up you know identical twin lesbians um Mm. but the differences i haven't read the book yet but i'm going to uh and and they put out this new album they went poppy for a few years this is back kind of more a little bit darker a little you know more
1: uh, kind of back to their roots uh,
0: yeah but there's still some pop elements so it's still really catchy but it's like back to their kind of alternative Mm punky roots um so that was really good and i was listening to i don't remember if i said this last time the high women um this like country super group Of Brandi Carlisle, Maren Morris, who I don't, I secretly don't love her, but it's fine because she's in a group. And then these two other um, women who are less known as um, singers on their own right, but as songwriters behind the scenes. So they kind of created this feminist queer super group in country music and their music is cool. They have... uh, they address like sex- issues around sexuality. They have like lesbian country songs. It's good. Um, okay. <laughs> and then finally, I was listening to Jackie Shane. I went and bought an album of hers on vinyl. So she was a transgender R and B singer in the sixties and seventies. That's oh. just kind of getting a revival. She died last year or earlier this year, but. She never put out that much music, but it was just all collected and re-released as like an album. And she's really good. So you got like a, a black transgender R&B singer, um, <laughs> some country and some Tegan and Sarah. I'm like all over the place the last couple of weeks, but it's all stuff I would recommend checking out if you haven't. Hey,
1: okay. thank you for putting us on. Um, So I know for me, I don't have a long list. I've, I've been actually struggling to find like really good music to listen to. So I've been listening to a lot of the same either same playlists that I've already had yeah. created because I know the music and I know the songs. Or what I've been doing is I've just kind of been putting stuff on, you know, I've, I've just been going like, hey, Siri, tell yeah. me, you know, to, you know, you know, t- play this or do this or blah, blah, That's blah, blah, That's kind of why I've so, been
0: going to old music rather than new yeah, releases. But yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So I know for me, the the, the two albums that I will like, I, I, I'm i going to want to bump this week. Um, So I have been really in this this whirlwind of Ari Lennox I revisited their old music um, I know that they put out an EP back into 2016 um, I think it was called foe and so that was a really good that was a really really good time for me to get to know who Ari Lennox is as an artist and then now I'm kind of in this whole world of the brown you know uh, the, sorry the um, shea butter baby phase that she's in um, I know I'm late to it <laughs> however I just think that Ari Lennox is her vocals um, um the very i think for me what i really love about the album and what i really love about her is how personable the album is for me like she talks about going to target to buy lingerie and i'm like bitch me too like yes sis, me too girl um she talks about um you know there's a moment where she talks about she ain't got no money because she's broke you know um i'm like also sis me too me too um so just it's just she's very she's very very like her album for me right now is very personable um in terms of like where i guess i am in my own personal life like i i i don't like specific song new apartment on her album i love because it's just this like i don't have i'm never going to be like oh like she's basically celebrating getting out of a bad relationship and i mean i'm not in a place where i'm saying i'm going to celebrate getting out of a bad relationship however I know what it's like to be in a hotel room to feel like, oh my God, I finally have some space. <laughs> yeah. And that's basically what new apartment is. It's about the moments when people need their space, when people need to be able to breathe or needing to feel like, okay, I'm always around somebody or I'm always having to be around a whole bunch of people. And I finally get a moment to myself. That's what I feel like new apartment embodies for me. So it's just, just a really good album mm. from top to bottom. I can listen to every single song. Um, I will also bump that Fantasia's new album sketch book came out last week oh
0: yeah how is that one i haven't listened yet.
1: i yeah so it's 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 a journey and i will say what i think i always say every artist has if if they if they if they can live the longevity of their career. If they can have some longevity in their career, there's always an album where artists will put out, a, a, there's always a time where an artist will put out an album that really speaks to like where they are as people. And it's kind of like, I'm saying everything I need to say to just kind of leave it here. Um, I felt like that album, like for Brandy, I know Brandy hates this album, <laughs> but I felt like... um human was that for brandy i felt like brandy had a lot to say and i felt like that album just kind of said everything she needed to say so she could just kind of walk away from it um i felt like you know britney kind of did it on the britney album i know it's pop but whatever like i just feel like there's certain artists like every time you hear them you go oh that's the album where they're basically talking their shit where they need to say what they need to say that's what this album is for fantasia like this album is Fantasia's, like, y'all thought I was gonna, you know, you, you thought I was gonna put out one or two albums, have a few hits and go away. Um, and I'm still here. Um, I also feel like it's also a middle finger to her her label. I know she's independent now. Um, so I think that that's been also a thing. I think that it's kind of like you thought I wasn't going to be able to put out another album because you dropped me from the label. However, I want you to see that I'm actually going to do very well because I have enough support and enough fans. Uh, There are a couple of songs, like there's a song on there called Free that um, just really, I guess at this time in my life, I kind of needed to hear uh, where she talks about, you know, this idea of like everyone deserves to be free. And what she's talking about is like. We all need to be free from all of the things that kind of lock us up. So if it's a bad relationship or if it's your own mind, or if you're living in a prison of your mind, or if you're living in this idea that you're not worth anything because of what life has done to you or what people in life has done to you, um, you deserve to remove yourself from that. And so I just, I love that. That's kind of like the tone of the album, um, that she's ultimately kind of just reminding people, like you have the right to be in your lane. Don't let anyone else tell you that you can't. Last thing I'll say about this album before we move on to the next segment and close out for the day, the best song on the album, well, actually two of the best songs of the album enough, in my opinion, is probably one of the best Fantasia songs that she has ever sung, ever written. Um, the cadence that she carries on that song and the, the the background singing and the writing and the arrangement and the electric guitar. Just everything about that fucking song is absolutely amazing. And she follows it up with... Uh, it's I don't know if it's... Because it's not an interlude. However, I'm mad that it is only... I think it's two minutes and one second. And it should have been a four to five minute song. I've tweeted her about it and she responded
0: <laughs> to me. <laughs> so <laughs> What'd say?
1: I tweeted her very lovingly and said the audacity of the way only being two minutes when it should have been a full song. And she tweeted me back. So glad that you love it. And I, I was just, I'm very frustrated that the song is not longer. Um, it, it just, it, as soon as I heard, cause it comes in on a saxophone. Uh. When I heard that it grabbed me and I said, Oh God, I said, why is this not a song? Like, why is this not a whole song? It is literally because I think she gives us a verse and she gives us a bridge and then she's out. And I'm just going like who who made the executive decision that this didn't need to be a full song? Cause I'm upset about it. So just giving people like who who enjoy Fantasia. I know she's problematic on some levels. Um, she says a lot of things that a lot of people can't get behind. However, um, in this instance, because she's not that problematic, I can separate her <laughs> from her music and say that her album is fantastic and i'm very happy that she's back with something new she's
0: so. she's turned a little um ho right or girl okay.
1: yes honey she is ho tip um very ho and I, I don't know if it's necessarily turned ho tip i think she's it's always been... one of those things of like i think she's always been ho tip uh... and she's had to kind of leverage it because she's been in the spotlight but I think that now that she's independent and she doesn't have a label telling her what she can and can't say, we're getting a lot of hotep vibes. Okay. So, yeah. But there are a lot of artists who are hotep. I mean, Erica Badu is Yeah. I mean, yeah, a lot true. of black R&B singers are hotep. So what can, what can you say? All right. So I, it is what it I, is.
0: I do love Fantasia. I love uh, she's the only American Idol contestant I've ever called to vote for. In the history of the really? show. Yep. I was on the phone every week doing all the numbers. I like calling every week. Oh, okay. And she won. Okay. My girl won. Yeah. Um, I still love that. Her performance of that. I tweet. Actually, I tweeted the other week because it came on my shuffle. You know, her American Idol single. What's it called? I Believe or whatever. Yeah. She's the only mm. one that's really made one of those American Idol singles sound like a real song. Not like the corny trash that they are <laughs> kelly clarkson's yeah. was pretty yeah. good like a moment like but it's still very uh. it's still very corny and fantasia yeah. turned i believe into this like gospel amazing yeah. song on its own and you really hear it you guys can go wa- back and watch on youtube watch fantasia sing it and then watch diana DeGarmo, the white girl that was the other finalist, sing it because they used to have to sing the song, both had to sing the song. Yeah,
1: yeah I don't think they do yeah, yeah. that
0: anymore. But they used to both have to sing the same single written for the American Idol winner, and you would judge which one. Mm-hmm. And it's like it was it's the like best. night and day, ridiculous the way that Fantasia sang yeah. that song
1: um well she just carries as a whole like fantasia is one of those and i think i mean the same way people feel about patty labelle is the same way that i think i feel about fantasia Mm. where there have been times where fantasia will start to sing and she just kicks in and i literally i will take my shoes (laughs) off and want to throw it at the tv because i'm just like this girl sings down Mm. like fantasia she could sing your birthday song and she's just gonna sing yeah. it and it's just it's it's it, and it's a gift like there's there are no there, I I I know that I talk about how amazing Beyonce is I talk about how amazing Brandy is but there there are people that you just have to give like they have a gift and fantasia is that girl for me like fantasia she could say she could sing anything she could sing literally my total at the register at the supermarket (laughs) and i'd want to slap her because it sounds so good like fantasia in my opinion is one of the best singers of our time um and i just i really love that fantasia like she just she she bodies anything that you give her she's gonna kill it there's nothing that can be said or done about it you know and I love her
0: little at the end she's always like yeah 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 like (laughs) her little (laughs) yeah 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 yeah." she did it every time on American Idol and it was like mm -hmm. then you knew the song was truly coming to a close because she'd she'd do her final yeah 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 (laughs)
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: <laughs> we know yes we
1: and i'm like oh no fantasia's done singing so she's the girl i know i voted the last thing i'll say about this i know i voted for Cand. the only two people i've ever voted for was fantasia and i also voted for candace um the, the candace was the one who won the last last season that it was on fox
0: she and then i think i know she had been like a background singer for other uh-huh, I, I remember her uh-huh. i liked her too
1: yeah and i don't know i feel so bad because her career went nowhere fast um and again we all know why um however i really liked her i thought her music was really i thought she was going to be much bigger than what they had let off or because her her voice was Mm. beautiful um, her her best performance, and I know we've gone down. Now we're in an American <laughs> Idol rabbit hole, and it's it's bound to happen when we start talking about music. However, uh, Candice's best performance, I think, is when she did "Creep" by um, I forget what's the name of that band.
0: Oh, Radio. She covered radio, "Creep."
1: Uh, yeah, Radiohead.
0: Uh, yeah, Radiohead, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. She she did "Creep" by oh, and also when she did Paula, she did a song by Paula Abdul. I forget what song it was. But I know that she did it, and Paula Abdul was like literally crying because it was such a good rendition. There were two hmm. best performances by her. Um, but she, yeah, Candace was amazing, and I just don't know why she didn't get more. But I tweeted last night that we should have given Leona Lewis more too from X Factor, and she didn't get her just in a way. Did you know, random random thing, did you know that somebody ran up and slapped her years ago? I did not know For that. What? what? I mean, so my husband told me that <laughs> this is so terrible. My husband told me that I guess she had written a book and one of the guys who was like on her season of X Factor came to the book signing and like slapped the shit out of her because she won. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh. I never, oh,
1: yeah. I never knew that. So every time huh. I hear Leona Lewis, I always think about that moment. I'm like, damn, somebody slapped the shit out of her.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't know that <laughs> That's either. so
1: terrible. People in this world do some really fucked up shit. So, mm. um, yeah, but that happened. But anyway, say all of that to say, we're gonna move it to the last segment, and then we are gonna get um, get off of your 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 uh your speakers. The last um segment, we're gonna go ahead and head over to the playground. So, what are your thoughts around the playground this week? You Jenna? know what's
0: bugging me this week? That what? show, The Masked Singer. <laughs> <laughs> I. I hate that show. Uh, I... uh, I hate everything uh, about it. I hate... uh, I wouldn't... This just popped into my head because I caught it last night. (laughs) And I'd seen part of the first season. I'm like... But I hate the judges. I hate the way that they... (laughs) They sit there and they act like it's the greatest show on TV. They're like, this is what, Uh. you know, this is what TV is all about. Performances like this are what TV... I'm like, you are on a show where you've put D-list singers in masks. (laughs) And now you're gushing about how, like, I can't. And I think Michelle Williams is on that show this season. So no shade to Michelle Williams because I love her. But they act, it's also like, you can tell who the singer is a lot of the times, and they're like little secret clues that they give and whatever, but like, they sit there, they sit there and they're like, oh my God, I don't know who this could be, but I think, you know, they gave a clue about hip hop, so I think it's Missy Elliott. No, it's not Missy Elliott. You can tell her voice. Or like they say oh it's Beyonce I'm like you don't think Beyonce has better things to do than be on The mass Singer I don't know if they're I'm only I don't know if they're being paid uh, to be completely obtuse but they they guess the most ridiculous out of control like famous person like no they have things to do this is people that need <laughs> I am down
1: I am down I've never laughed this hard. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm only laughing. I don't know. That show
0: makes me so (laughs) mad.
1: The same rage that Kevin has is the same rage my husband has every time we watch the show. And he sits and looks at me. He's like, why are we doing this? He's like, this show is terrible. But yet we watch it every single week. So it's the only reason why I'm dying is because I literally just had this conversation last night about how terrible that show is.
0: Oh, and I'm like, yeah, it's Raven yeah. Simone! It's Raven Simone! Stop acting yes. like it's Whitney Houston behind the mask. They're like, yeah. I wouldn't yes. be surprised if they guessed Whitney Houston. They'll be like, oh wait, no, it can't be. No, you're guessing like the most <sighs> ridiculous people. I think they guessed, oh, mm. oh, last night I screamed and almost threw something at the TV because they're like, <laughs> Twiggy. I'm like, Twiggy, the model, yeah. cannot sing a run? What are you talking about? Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah uh it is just jenny mccarthy is what makes that show so insufferable <laughs> for me i think i hate naming her but she just is like her but between her banter and then the fact that i really don't care for um what's his robin? name the uh robin, robin thick i don't like no. him at all it's just it's it, it, true story that's partly the reason why i'm not going to fantasia's concert oh, is because yeah. robin thick is is He's on the tour with her, and I'm really upset about it. Too. However, and then
0: Nicole shows yeah, and cries every time. Like, it's girl, so you annoying. are not moved by someone in a bumblebee mask singing "Rainbow" <laughs> by Casey Musgraves. What the hell are you doing?
1: <gasps> yeah, it is. It's a very, very bad show. It makes but again, me so I mad. think. <laughs> but it gets ratings, know, and it's going to keep know, coming back because Fox needs something to to take up the spot of American oh, Idol I know, and X Factor. Every it's week, just I a, keep thinking, "What myself. kind of
0: LSD fever dream was someone on when they pitched that
1: to the <laughs> network?" Well, you know it's a it's a Japanese is show, it? Okay. It's, so it started in Asia. Well, that yeah, makes it started sense in asia and it's made its way here. They love yeah. the
0: weirdest shows. <laughs> they like they the do weirder enjoy the a
1: very odd show. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. well, so yeah, it started. I guess there. that
0: makes sense. But damn it, this
1: is so <laughs> I have not laughed that hard <sighs> all week honestly i am i was i am fully down i oh i was fully down over that (laughs) um my pet peeve this week so i as a person who is one um i stand. oh so i'm gonna say this and i know a lot of people are gonna i'm gonna say two things two things um and i'm gonna I, i oh gosh okay so how do i say this there are two things that are currently bugging me and i'm gonna get through them very quickly one I am very frustrated that every time I make mention that I like KFC or I like mac and cheese, that somebody has the the, 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 the gall or the audacity to tell me that there's something wrong with me. Let me enjoy what I enjoy. I don't need your opinions about what you think the best chicken is. I don't need your opinion about why I should like mac and cheese. I don't like it. I said I I don't don't like it. Leave it at that. When someone says that they don't like something, do not tell them, oh, you should try it this way, or maybe you may want to try it that way. No, I said I don't like it and I don't want to eat it, and I don't want your mamas, I don't want your sisters, I don't want your cousins it's nasty to me and so leave it at that i don't like mac and cheese and i don't need you in my inbox trying to win me over telling me why i should okay so that's <laughs> the first thing the second thing is this i go through mcdonald's drive-thru i know mcdonald's is trash we all know mcdonald's is a terrible place we know that it's very problematic in a lot but of sometimes ways it's the right food where is actually... you want
0: to be <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's exactly where i want to be today however what irritates the shit out of me about both McDonald's or really any drive through per se as when you ask for extra sides how some of the people that work at the window act like those sides are coming out of their own check if I ask you for an extra dipping sauce please don't huff and storm away from the, the, the from the actual window and I get it Fast food is terrible. Fast food is hard. We need to be nicer to food service workers. Yes, I started out working at Shakey's, went on to work at Wendy's, went on to work at Starbucks. So I've worked at all three of the most terrible places you could probably ever work. So I totally get it. And I totally understand. However, when I worked at these places, I never gave people a hard time in the way that people give me a hard time when I ask for extra. And if it is going to cost extra, just tell me how much it costs. And that be that I don't need you getting an attitude with me. Like what's going to be 50 cents extra girl. Just say it's 56 extra. And I will give you the 50 cents out of the middle of the compartment in my car. (laughs) Or I will hand you my card. Swipe the card. I'm here for food. I'm here for the things I'm asking for. Just do what I ask you to do (laughs) lovingly. I'm going to give you the same energy you give me. Now, when you throw like, and then, oh, this is the thing that really pisses me off. When I ask for the extra and then you just throw it into my bag like oh that really pisses me off because it's like I don't want my sweet and sour sauce to be hot you just threw all of that into my bag and now it's sitting right next to the fries that just came out of the steamer so now the hot the sweet and sour sauce that I just asked you for is hot and I don't want it to be hot <laughs> hand it to me because I put my hand out don't throw it in the bag I didn't ask you to do that it's just oh I don't know why this week That drove me like I I went through a drive through, I think on Tuesday. And it it when I say it unearthed the biggest deep ancestral sigh like I had to literally sit in my car and roll the window up and then drive away because I was so agitated. So I'm just going to ask like (laughs) us to be. Yes, please be nice to food service workers. That is I'm going to always call for that. I'm going to always ask for that. However, food service workers, if I ask you for something extra just tell me how much more it's gonna be. Lovingly, let me give you my card, and then we both can end the day in peace. But that is those are my peas for the day. <laughs> that is it. All right. So we <sighs> have reached the end of our show. It has been a fun one. Um, so really, really excited, and um, really looking forward, or looking forward to hearing all about what's happening with you in Toronto next week. Uh, anything else you want to share with the with the good of the people before we bounce? Nope,
0: that's my big announcement for now
1: okay all right same here well um with that being said continue to follow us um if you enjoy this episode make sure you tweet it and let your friends know tell your friends to subscribe and otherwise we will catch you whatever we catch you just like beyonce does all right we love you and thank you for listening talk to you soon bye,
0: bye.